Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to This Is Mappa. And I know what people are going to say straight away. What the fuck is going on? What's going on? Why, why are you doing This Is Mappa at half past 12 in the afternoon in the UK? Why? Well, listen, I've got things to do. I'm a busy person. And unfortunately, my partner in crime, El Diablo, Mr. Faso, is unavailable because he's busy. He's got a life. He's got a job to do. Um as they say. So I'm doing this on my ones. Can you believe it? Can you, Adam and Eve? It? Well, look, before we kick off the review, which hopefully it's not going to be a long one this week, please visit our sponsors, foodfromcyprus.com. Use the code NCN12 for a 12% discount at checkout. And every time you make a purchase with the code, you get entered into a prize draw where you can win the opportunity to win a few nights at Airbnb in Nicosia. So you can go anytime after Christmas. As Thasso says, there's a cup final in May or April or whenever they decide to do it. Get your ticket for the game and you've got somewhere to stay. In it, bruv. Also, I would like to say thank you to another one of our sponsors, Ask Printing House. And there you go, our friend Ask Printing House, Mufo's uh, company. They do everything. They print on mugs, on cups, t-shirts, wallets, your bum, everything. They're fantastic. They're great at what they do. Support a good cause. Go to Ask Printing House on Facebook and support the local businesses in Cyprus. That would be great. There you go. There you go. So I've got four people watching live, apparently. If anyone wants to jump on, there is a link right here. It's an open forum. I don't want to just talk about Omonia, boys and girls. Yeah, because this is this is my pie. It's not just about Omonia, even though it's NCN Network. Let's talk Let's talk Cypriot football. And the first game I'm going to cover is Ajax 2-0 victory over Doxa. Goals from Jalma and Baba Fodi, giving Tony Koskela a much-needed win. Ael have been in a lot of trouble the past few weeks. Three defeats on the bounce. And facing Doxa, they had to win. They had to win. You, you can't not beat Doxa. This is a team that has lost 13 games out their last 14 this season. And that's just the league. You know, include the cup. That's 14 defeats in 15 games and one draw. It's terrible. And yes, it's going to be a, a, a victory that's going to help the morale of IL for sure. For sure. And now they've got the victory. They're what? Ninth in the table. And look, at the end of the day, Koskela can only work with what he's got. It looks like they're going to have a transfer embargo. Apparently, they were half a million uh, to Silas and Casa together so January doesn't look like they're going to be able to sign any players he's going to play with the hand that he's been dealt with and whether he likes it or not this is Cyprus this is how things work and I'm pretty sure he'd have done his due diligence on the club before he even joined them I highly doubt many head coaches would look at clubs anywhere around the world um, and and not show any kind of interest or try and find out what they're all about but the fact is this is a club that is in a massive transition we know They've been trying to sell for a while now. They had loads of injuries last season. I'm pretty sure they've been a little bit iffy as well with the injury list this season. But look, they've got players that can keep them up. I thought they were going to get relegated at the start of the season. When I saw the squad and the head coach at the time, I thought this lot are going to be going down. But fortunately for them, there are teams below them that are worse. That being said... If you look at the way that Garmiolos have been playing lately, and I'm going to go into them in just a bit, if you look at the way that Othello have been playing, Ayers especially, even Ethnigo, 
there is a strong chance that Isle might slip down into that relegation zone. You you just never know. But they need to keep winning these games. They need to beat the teams below them. If they do that, they stay up. It's pretty simple. But the fact is, as you guys know, when the league splits at the end of the 26 and you've got Group B, that's when it becomes sticky. That's when it becomes every game is going to be a flipping cup final. Now, last season, we saw enough to see how they survived by absolutely pamming everyone in, in their in their path. And Doxa survived just about. Paralimni went down. Olympia goal went down. Look, I'm not saying that Ayala are too big to go down, but when you look at that group of players, you think they're going to be good enough to at least finish ninth or eighth at this rate anyway. Doxa, on the other hand, look... I can't put my finger on exactly what's going wrong. You look at their squad. They've got some very, very good players. You know, Sadiq obviously is a big goal scorer. Ernest Asante is another one. But if you look at the type of goals that they concede, especially at the weekend, they can't defend. They cannot defend. And the fact is, boys and girls, if you don't keep clean sheets or if you can't keep the score to a minimal, you're fucked. It's, it's pretty simple. Now, you could argue that they brought in a lot of players over the summer but at the same time, every club has done that. So where is the problem? Where is the problem? Is it managerial changes? Well, they've already sacked one. Or is it two that they sacked this season? I can't remember. Are they on their third? I don't know. But it just seems that sacking managers ain't obviously the, the, the main issue. There are many issues for Doxa. But at the end of the day, it looks like right now, bottom of the table, one point after 14 games, they're done. They're done. There's no way they stay up. And if they stay up, it'll be a miracle. Utter miracle. So, yeah, I wish them all the best. But I don't know, man. I, I think I think that's that, That's it for them. I, I honestly think that it's that, 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 that. I can't even get my words. I think that's, that's done and dusted for them. Anyway, let's move on to the next game. And I believe, if my memory serves me correct, yep, it's Abolon going to Othello. Managerless Abolon beating Othello by three goals to nil, two goals from Valbuena, one from Abdul Rahimi. Apollon remain in seventh on 22 points. But as I said, no manager, but a controversial penalty was given there. I'm not too sure about that one. It looked a bit of a sticky one, but it was given. And listen, we've seen penalties given for less in Cyprus. Uh, so yeah, I guess I'll be happy. And I don't know what the goalkeeper was doing with this one. Uh, Ball played back to him, and he's played it straight to Abdul Rahim. He's put the ball in the back of there. And this isn't the first time Othello's goalkeeper has done something like this this season. He did it, in fact, two weeks ago against Buffer, trying to build from the back, playing it out straight to a Buffer player who scored. So these are mistakes that Othello are making week in, week out, which are harming them, clearly. They're, they're second from bottom. You know, they, they've lost their last three games. Again, it's looking tricky for them, but they're one of the newly promoted teams, so I can't really shit on them in all fairness, because at least they're giving it a go. They're going into every game trying to win, whether it be to the detriment of, of their results. It is what it is. But Abolon, I've got it very, very difficult at the moment. And when you look at how they were at the beginning of the season, the draws, a couple of losses, and then they sat their head coach and they brought in Milojevic and Milojevic turned things around all briefly. And all of a sudden, one loss, two losses, three losses, done. You're done. You're done. Now, Whoever comes in at Abolon has got a massive job. And this is something that we said last week. They've got a decent squad. But when I look at that squad, do I, do I see a squad that is good enough to get top six? I don't see it. I really don't see it. I thought Marquez was going to be top goal scorer this season. I ain't going to lie. The way that he started his Abolon career, 
I thought he was going to be top goal scorer this season. But then when you look at all the teams above them, even Ayak now that are doing very, very well under Ben Shimon. When you look at the squad man for man, can anyone here see Abolong getting into the top six? I can't see where the majority of their goals are going to come from now. I mean, Kremenchik is a decent striker and he's been scoring goals recently. I mean, he's grabbed a couple against Ethnigar. We saw Valbuena scoring twice. Abdurrahimi obviously got on the score sheet. So they've got players that can score them a few goals. But are they are they a scary proposition? Because I look at them in the midfield and I see, okay, you've got Hamboy and you've got Kohl, who are clearly their two standout players in the middle of the park. They're the two obvious choices. Kostaki on the right-hand side, pretty decent. Left-hand side, Abdurrahimi or Valbueno, whoever plays there. But the back line is is pretty iffy. Pretty iffy. And Perbenz is a very good defender. Iqbal is a good defender, but there's mistakes there. The goalkeeper has, has kept them in games as far as I'm concerned. So whoever comes in, there was talk about the German fella coming in from Augsburg. He didn't do it. I heard a little story that a English head coach applied for the job and they turned him down despite his credentials being absolutely superb. So what's the plan? What is the plan for Apollon? Are they going to wait until January to make uh, a new head coach uh, arrival? I don't know. I mean, the next three games, they've got Salamina next. That's not going to be easy. Garmiodis are away. The way that Garmiodis have been playing lately, that ain't going to be easy. And then Abuel on the 2nd of January. Now, in an ideal world for them, they'll get those three games out of the way and have a head coach brought in for the IL game, which is going to be away from home, by the way, on the 6th of January. Then it's Ari. They're not going to be the two games that a new head coach would really want to start. If you think about it, two derbies. Then there's Doxa, Ayers and Buffo. So what kind of head coach are they going to bring? I don't know. They're clearly going to need a head coach that comes in that can bolster a team that can stop them from conceding goals because at the beginning of the season, we were saying that they got one of the best defensive records. But now, I mean, how many goals have they conceded this season? Up to 12 goals conceded this season, which ain't bad in comparison to, to other teams. I think Omonia and Ari have conceded more than them. Ike as well, sorry. But if you're serious about getting into the top six and at least trying to compete for European football, you need to shore up defensively and start scoring at the other end. Now, at this moment in time, they're only a point behind top six. And if you want to talk about the title, the 10 points behind Aboel, European places, seven points behind Omoni and Ari. Now, seven points is nothing at this stage of the season, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, there are problems. There are problems at this club. And if Girzi is, is trying to sell the club as well, that's another thing. I don't know, man. It's, it's a tricky one. It's a very, very tricky one. But let's see. Let's see. Anyway, on to the next game, boys and girls. Who's next? Roll up, roll up. Yes, Ethnigar losing 1-0 to Anorthosi. And uh, Kasama with the winner. That's all the highlights I'm going to put up for you because a lot happened during this game. If you want to talk about chances. But right at this moment in time, I look at Anorthosi who are sat in fifth on 28 points, only a point behind second place. And with all the injuries that they've had this season, with all the shenanigans going on off the field, especially at board level, which seem to have died down, it's only really their finances that they're worried about. And 
I don't know if they're going to get a an embargo for January. I don't know. But at this moment in time, they're in a healthy position. And if you think about it, for a team to have so many injuries, yet still grinding out victories, you got to take them serious. And you've got to give Gallego his flowers. For a head coach to lose his star attacking midfielder and Guerrero, to lose his best left back, Fran Garcia, to lose his central defender, Salva Ferrer, for the rest of the season, and I hope he gets better soon. Chico Banthavs, he's suspended at the weekend. You know, the centre forward, not scoring enough goals, Castel. But you go, got Kasama up front, and Waris, Tasso's best mate, has been doing brilliant well, uh, very well. Wagre is injured. So the injuries are tightening up, but yet they're still grinding out these results. And you know what? I'm not even going to say that they're dark horses for the title. I don't want to give that kind of prediction. But at the same time, you cannot rule out this team. Despite all of the injuries, all of the bullshit going on off the field, they're still up there. And if there isn't a transfer embargo, January, they might bring in two or three players. And then it's up, isn't it? It's absolutely up. But what about Ethnic God? Ethnic God are doing their thing, aren't they? sitting 10th in the table. I don't think they're too concerned about relegation or anything like that at the moment. The fact is, though, when Mario Elia isn't scoring or isn't firing on all cylinders, they're struggling. They really are struggling. So I'm not sure what this season has to offer for them in terms of any kind of uh, challenge to move up the table. I'm pretty sure that's where they're going to That's where they're gonna be. But I think uh, Mario Mitsidis, who's the, um, the press officer, he released some some statement about Ilya because apparently Mario Ilya is linked with a move to a, a Greek Super League club. I think it was on the Stella Socrado show this morning. Um, and he was saying, you know, it's, it's a bit disappointing to, to concede goals last minute like they did against Abolon the other week. Um, and he gave Ajax their, their flowers because they're facing Ajax next. And obviously they're, they're not satisfied with dropping points and conceding goals in the, um, in the dying moments. But... This is something that obviously is going to show character. Um, but apparently there's no clause in the contract or the agreement between Ethnogon and Omonia for Banayi to send him back to Omonia. So, you know, there's nothing in the agreement to say that he can go back. But if something needs to happen for Banayi to go back to Omonia due to injuries in goal, I'm sure that something can be arranged. Um, and that's for Maria Lia. He says, I don't have anything in mind. Nothing, nothing's going on, but we're open to discussions with any team that wants him. So they're clearly willing to sell the, the guy, which for me is absolutely bonkers. That being said, do they think they can get a decent amount for him and spend that money wisely? I don't know. I don't know. What do you lot think, man? What do you lot think? How do you think Ethnic are going to do without Mario Lea if he leaves? I think they'll struggle big time. There we go. There's a comment here. I still up well, he's broke. But their winning mentality is different. Andre, we're going to go into our boil in just a bit, bro. Just a bit. But if you guys want to comment on any other teams, what do you think of Anorthosi? Do you think they're going to be in with a shout for the title? What about Abolon? They're going to turn things around. Can Ajax sustain their good form at the moment? Loads of questions that Stowe is asking. And no one likes questions. Anyway, next game. So, Garmi Odisa. I was going to say travel to Buffer, but they're sharing the same, <laughs> the same bloody stadium. They played Buffer. And despite an onslaught from Buffer, and I say onslaught because Buffer were pamming them. They were knocking at the door, even though the goalkeeper wasn't really made to work. They were creating half chances. But two goals 
from Gatsanyodi. This player, I don't know where they found him from. I don't know where he came from. Was he from the Youth Academy? I need to check this one out. I don't know where he came from. But I'll tell you what, he's been getting goals from lately. And two goals against Buffo. Buffo get, got consolation at the end through Tumasi. And Garmi Odisa are back to life. They're on 10 points. One point behind Ayers. Three behind Ethnigar. And they got Omonia at the weekend. Now, there isn't really any news to break from Garmi Odisa. We don't know what's going on with their ownership situation. Poonin sold. No one knows who the buyer is. No one knows who the new owner of the club is. At this moment in time, I don't think their, their players or the fans will care. Fans, I'm trying to use that word, the plural sense. I don't know how many fans they got. They probably don't have that many. But I don't think they'll care if the club is still getting victories, especially against the likes of Buffo. Now, as I said, Buffo didn't really create too much, even though they were knocking at the door, passing the ball around, creating spaces. But I, I can't remember the Garmio, this goalkeeper having many saves to make, in all fairness. Bruno Felipe had a couple of shots outside the box. Jara had the shot which hit the crossbar. But other than that, they didn't threaten Garmilda so much. And this has got to be a concern for Buffalo because Thus always says that Buffalo aren't going to be title challengers. And I asked him a few weeks ago, if they win the next few games, what do you think? And he said, yeah. But Buffalo have got a boil next. And when you lose against Garmilda at home, because it was at their stadium, even though it was a class as an away game, it was at their stadium. There's got to be cause for concern. Big cause for concern. And I don't, can't make up my mind whether Buffer will be title contenders or not. Because they might go on a really good run of form and win. I mean, what they won three, uh, four in the bounce before this, this game. They won four in the bounce prior to the Garmodisa game. And then they play against Garmodisa and they lose 2 1. So it's the inconsistency. And that's got to be a major, major um, concern for them. That being said, they've only conceded nine goals this season and they're scoring. But. They've dropped points, needless points this season, I believe, anyway. They lost to Abuel, 1-0 away from home. They didn't create anything. One header which went over the bar and I think a shot that went wide. Against Omonia, hardly threatened. Adi, all right, they got a draw. They got a good draw there. But apart from that, they, they, they haven't... I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they've battered teams like Roxar and Ethnigar. But is that something to gauge their title credentials? You need to do it against the big teams. You need to do it against your Upper Wales and Omonias and Ari and, and Anorthosi. You need to do it against them. And yeah, they beat Anorthosi 1-0. But this is an Anorthosi team full of injuries. So I think it's a sticky one for Buffalo. Clearly they've got the players to mount a, a charge. Jairo, last season's top goal scorer. Bruno, as much as I don't rate him, he can do a job in Cyprus. Tankovic has been brilliant. Valakari, brilliant. Nam, brilliant. Ikoko, right back, brilliant. But how can they not get it right? How, how are they not top of the league? Okay, fine. It's only three points difference. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's been a disastrous season for them. They're only three points off the top. But then you look at those three points, and on one hand, you think, yeah, it's only three points. And if they beat up well at the weekend... The joint top. That being said, you look at those three points and they actually look pretty big. They actually look pretty big when you see the inconsistency of Buffalo this season. That being said, I can't rule them out because you can never rule out any club in that top six at the moment. Can't rule any of them out because the, the, the gap is so narrow. 
and okay, and I know we just completed the the first half of the season, and there's still second half of the season to go, and then the playoffs. That's when it. That is when it gets uh, proper interesting. So, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and rule Buffer out, but at the same time, I can't 100 say they're going to be in and around. If that makes sense. Anyway, on to the next game. Let's see who we've got now. Ah, yes, Ayek beating Ari by two goals to one. And I'll tell you what, there's always goals in these games, isn't it? There's always goals in this game. Urosovic gave Ari the lead before Fransol made it one apiece. His penalty had to be retaken. I mean, that, that's a clear as day penalty. I'm sorry. I know I've got my soft spot for Ari, but you can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. Booting your uh, opponent. And Fransol's penalty was saved, but unfortunately, Van Alves stepped off his line before the penalty was taken. So referee said, nope, retake it. And Fransol said, safe. Let's put it in the same corner. One apiece. And then Kazoo, one of the most reliable players for Adi, past few seasons, puts the ball in the back of his own net. Second half was a formality. Last 15 minutes, Adi didn't do much to threaten Ayak, and Ayak leave with the points. Happy days for them. Happy days for new head coach Ben Shimon. Ayak have now won three out of their last four games since Ultra was sacked. They're now in the top six, 23 points, five points behind Anorthosi. And they're playing with a certain verve, aren't they? They're, they're playing with a certain arrogance, I'd say, on the ball. You're seeing a lot more from Gyushko, uh, from um, Gyushko, from Farage. Dongi is doing well. The back line seems to be a lot more solid than it was. Ledes looks like the player that he was last season. Fransol obviously getting on the score sheet. And yet they still got Triskovsky and Rafa Lopez to come off the bench. Last season was a fantastic season for Ajax. No shadow, no shadow of a doubt. And building on such a successful season is very, very difficult in Cyprus because the level of expectancy goes up. And as everyone that's watching this, that's aware, knows the Cypriot League, once a manager achieves something in Cyprus, he's expected to do the same, if not more, the following season. And Ultra was a victim of his own success. Now, Ben Shimon has come in. We know his pedigree. We know that he coached the national team. We know he's coached Ike before. So he knows the league, as they say. As what people always say to me when a new head coach comes in at Omonia. Oh, he knows the league. He's got, it's important that he knows the league. Okay, he knows the league. Fine. I get it. Okay. I'm just interested to see what happens when the honeymoon period is over. I'm interested to see what happens to Ayak Lannaka when they get a defeat. Because they've got Ethnic at the weekend, then it's Doxa. So I'm, get, I'm, I'm seeing six points out of the next six games. Then they've got Othello. So I'm seeing nine points out of the next three games. Then it's Ayers. So, again, I, if you're looking at stats and you're looking at their form, okay, granted, you could say that Vox says the final game before Christmas and they don't come back until the 3rd of January and there's like, what, uh, 12 days? 22nd is their next game. So you've got 20 seconds, so that's nine days plus the three, yeah. So it's 12, 12 days. Then it's Ayers on the 8th before Salamina and then Buffalo. So the big game coming up for them is on the 20th of, 20th of January against Buffalo. You'd think that given the form, and if you don't think about injuries or suspensions, and let's just say they have a clean bill of health for all of these games, you'd think the next one, two, three, four, five games, you're going to get 15 points. You'd think. 
But this is the Cypriot League. This is a Brighton Then teams take points off each other all the time. Etnugo might get something at the weekend. I don't see it, but they might do. What I will say for Etnugo, the Dasagi pitch is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. You can't even grow potatoes on it. That's how bad it is. So maybe that will work to their advantage. Then I face Doxa. Can't see Doxa getting anything out of it. But then again, last season, Agrida ended up getting a draw against Ike. And Ike needed a goal in the last four minutes to get something out of it. So let's not get it twisted. They, while these things are looking good in their favour, we've seen teams fuck up, especially them fuck up in the past. Then it's Othello away. And Othello have been giving teams problems. In fact, didn't Ajax lose to... They didn't lose to him, did they? I can't remember. I can't remember if they lost to Othello. Let me just check my stats here. One minute. Let's have a look. They played Othello. They beat them 3-2 at home. They beat Othello 3-2 at home. But it was Ajax where they lost 3-1. So, while Ajax have got a good team and their players are in form, you just never know. You just never know. As for Ari, well, Ari clearly have got Europe on their mind. They've got a big European match tonight against Sparta Prague. If they win this, and there's a chance that they end up in the Conference League. Now, to Ari's credit, they're still in and around the title hunt despite the European matches. Because don't forget, they had Champions League qualification, then Europa League qualification, and obviously these round of European games. And up until recently, in fact, I'd say the recent three or four years, Cypriot teams have found it very, very difficult to cope with European football and domestic football. And actually, Ajax were an anomaly. But you saw how their season fell off because of that European campaign. And that's always bound to happen. Now, Adi have got a better squad. They've got a deeper squad and a more equipped squad than Ajax. So it doesn't surprise me that Adi are still in and around the title hunt, but they have been dropping silly points. They have been losing games in positions where you think that they could come back and, and get points. And it seems to me that while they are wonderful to watch, they're pleasing on the eye. Attacking football, attacking football, attacking football. Sometimes you're looking at them and you're thinking, can you close a game off just by adding an extra defender? Is this something that Shpilevsky likes to do? Does he want to play safety first? Because it, for me, while his system is brilliant, and I, can, I cannot knock him. Because they've got the players to play the system that he needs and it's, it's been working to perfection. But the injuries are mounting up. We saw Gomis get injured and he's come back. I don't know about Bambika. I, I don't know if he played at the weekend. Let me let me check see if he played at the weekend. I'm not 100% sure in all fairness. I know he picked up an injury against Glasgow Rangers. Uh, uh, but Montnor started. Uh, Bambika. No, he wasn't even on the bench. So he's still injured. Now, are they saving him for tonight's game? I don't know. Not sure. But the fact is, Adi have got a strong uh, a, a squad strong enough to still compete. And it's a good thing for them. And don't forget, January's coming. And they're not a team to be frugal. If they need to bring in reinforcements, they'll do it. If they see one or two players going on international duty, they might bring in a couple of loans. Or they might use some of the younger players that perhaps haven't been given opportunities yet, you know? And given that they're the champions, given the depth of their squad, they'll be there. They'll be there. I mean, think about it. If Benson's unavailable, they've got Montnor. If Zocke can't play, they've got Nikolic. 
or they've got Morgan Brown. Um, you know, Schumanski has Schumanski has been brilliant, by the way. Schumanski, the, the, the youngster, he's been absolutely brilliant for him. And I'll tell you what, I'll give it three or four years, he'll be playing in the Bundesliga or one of these big European leagues. Maybe not a, a, a massive club, but at a decent level. I think he's a very, very good player. So you never know. You never know. Anyway, let's move on. Next game. Omonia go to Salamina. 2-0 victory. Third win on the bounce. And playing a style of football which I'm very, very impressed with. And if you are a member of the channel, you will see the analysis I did yesterday of the victory and how Omonia beat Salamina in a style of football that I haven't seen us play for quite a while. Goals from Semedo and Gusula give us a victory. Alium had the goal disallowed for offside, rightly or wrongly. I'm not going to go into that because everyone else has spoken about it. Personally, I think the lines were drawn wrong. But listen, we won the game. I couldn't care less. Doragaray had the goal disallowed for offside. It should have been a foul and offside anyway. But it is what it is. But what I was saying on the analysis video yesterday, and I said, go back to it because you'll see it in depth. The opening half, Omonia realised that Salamina were going to defend deep, two banks of four. And the build-up play, the patient football, it was, it was a joy to behold. There were numerous moments where Omonia strung 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 passes. In fact, there was an opportunity from Bezos that he put wide. It was actually easier to score than it was to miss. They strung 22 passes before that opportunity. So Omone did play with a certain verve first half. And once they went a goal ahead, it was a case of, well, come at us, Salamina. And come at us, they did. And Francis Ojo made some fantastic saves. Kept Omone in the game. Got our man of the match for no shofters anyway. And then Total Green gave it to him. So obviously he did something right. Obviously we saw something that others didn't. But it was a convincing win. And it's very rare to say that going to Salamina and beating them 2-0 is a convincing win because Salamina is always going to be a difficult game, always a difficult place to go to. So as an Omone fan, I'm absolutely through with the, with the result. And um, it's Carmiodisa at the weekend next. Now, as for Salamina, I'm sure they'll be disappointed that I didn't get anything out of this game. There's, that's two defeats on the bounce. They're winless in three. And while they're sat in eighth and Isle are only three points behind them, I think I think there's a little bit of worry creeping into this Salamina team. Sergio hasn't been the player that he was last season, hardly featured this season. And might be injuries, I'm not sure. Didn't play at the weekend. Uh, Leoko, the right back, is absolutely terrible. Konate at the back is decent. Miguelito is coming off the bench, but... He hasn't been effective much. Dora Garay has been carrying them, to be, to be honest. Their Kite has been good. Nasing, I'm not too sure what to make of him since he's come to the team. Sometimes he had good good games. Sometimes he had bad games. At the weekend, he was anonymous. Dunmi Shai is a fantastic player, don't get me wrong. But he struggled to get involved in the game. Uh, Goroma came on. And yes, he's strong. Yes, he's quick. But he's erratic. And I'm not sure, again, what to make of this, this Salamina team. They're, clearly, they've got their weaknesses and clearly they've got their strengths. From set pieces, they're fantastic. But against Omoni at the weekend, they, they, um, they were anonymous from set pieces. 
aside from the header from uh, Dorakara, which was disallowed, I can't remember them threatening Omonia much. Now, is it a cause for concern? I wouldn't say so. But at the same time, you know what Cypriot football is like. One week you could be beating a team and getting going on a good run. Three or four weeks later, you lose a game and then it starts falling apart. Now, Salamin, I've got Abolon away next. And I'm pretty sure Abolon will have their tails up after the victory last week. That being said, Salamina have been to Alpha Mega before this season and they almost got a draw against Ari. So what kind of Salamina are we going to see? Interesting one, isn't it? You don't know whether you're going to see a Salamina team that's going to be so organized, compact and hit teams on the counter-attack and be a threat in aerial battles, which is what a ball on a week at, by the way. Or are we going to see... Uh, Salamina, like we saw last weekend and the weekend before against Buffo, where defenders were overcommitting, being pulled out of position and letting strikers get in behind them the way that Jairo did, the way that Semedo did. Now, if you're Marquez or Kremenchik or Valbuena or even Abdurrahimi, you're looking at that back line and you're thinking, yeah, they've got two backs of four, but we can get in behind them with a bit of movement. And we know that Valbuena is great on the ball. We know that Abdurrahimi's movement is good. So I, I, I actually personally believe this will be one of the best games of the weekend, in all fairness. So keep an eye on that one. Abolon against Salamina. Anyway, on to the next... Oh, actually, no, there's a comment here. Salamina were unexpectedly shy because against some money, they become prime Barcelona. <laughs> uh, well, look, they did the double over Amonia last season, didn't they? So they're no mugs. And we know that there's a little bit of spikiness between the supporters. I'm not going to go into that. But Salamina always a, a difficult game. It is what it is. But I, I, I'm interested to see how the, the game against Abolon goes, in all fairness, because yeah, you've got two teams that are struggling a little bit and it's down to who wants it more. And I think right now Salamina need it more than Abolon. I honestly believe it. Honestly believe it. So anyway, it is what it is. Right, next game. Is this the final one? Excuse me, it's just burped. Yes, yeah, the final one. So, Upperwell beating Ayers by three goals to one. They remain top three points clear of Oonia and Ari. Villafañez gave them the lead before Antonio equalised. Marquinhos made it 2-1 and then Dalcio finished it off in stoppage time. To bonus, guys, it was a far more convincing victory than it looked, in all fairness. Um, Upwell could have had five or six. Now, despite all the shit that's going on with them off the field, as uh, Andrea said, their winning mentality is a different level. It's a different level. And I think it goes back to something that I said to Thasso maybe on the last episode. I think it might have even been on No Chofters the other day with Roy. When you're a team and you're going through such adversity, it's either going to make you, it's going to break you. Some clubs fall apart and the players down tools and they can't be bothered. Some clubs, like these lot, it galvanizes them. And it's given them the impetus and the motivation to go forward, despite all the nonsense going on off the field. And let's get it right here. I think, personally, because a lot of these players aren't Aboy listers, they're not Aboy fans, they're not taking it to heart. So what happens off the field? They probably don't even know half the shit that goes on off the field. Perhaps their agents tell them, I don't know. Perhaps I hear a few things from fans. I don't know. But it just seems to me that a lot of these players are just focused on doing the job. And that's all you can ask for. Honestly, that is all you can ask for from your players. 
Now, if the team wasn't doing well, you'd see fans saying, oh, they don't care about the club. They don't love the club. They, they don't care if we go downhill, yada, yada, yada. But I don't think any upworld player has given their fans something to moan about. Okay, Thassel's going to say that he doesn't rate Sherbak. He doesn't rate whoever, whoever players he doesn't rate. Kavili Dyer, I don't think Kavili Dyer's been doing well. Well, he doesn't think Kavili Dyer's been doing well. I think Kavili Dyer's been doing what he can, in all fairness. And I've always said, don't rule this guy out because he's a proven goal scorer. Yes, he's injury prone. Yes, we've seen it. But he's a handful off the ball. He's an utter handful. And every defender hates playing against him. I'll tell you this. He backs into him. He's physical. He is exactly the type of striker that is needed to win a league in Cyprus. Because while he might not score goals, he'll cause havoc in the box. You tell me a striker in the league that's got a physical presence up top like he does. You could say Kremenchik, but he's injury prone just as much. And his head drops. Gyro. And he scores goals. I think Kvilidaya offers more than Jairo off the ball. That's my honest opinion. And I think he's a good player. He's a good player. I just think he's been unlucky with injuries. If this is a, a Kvilidaya that's on form, he's hitting 12, 15 goals a season. And with the chances that they create. Yeah, so all the shit that happens to them off the field, you've got to credit their players for just fighting through it knowing that they may not get paid at the end of the month or make it in arrears in a few months. I mean, you just never know. But again, it's an, I guess on the flip side, it's an opportunity for them to win the league, try and qualify for the Champions League, which I don't think they would because qualifying for the Champions League is now and impossible these days if you're a club from Cyprus or any other obscure league. But it's an opportunity to showcase your talent in the qualifiers, as they did against, was it Ghent, earlier on in the season? And they gave a good display of themselves, especially, especially away from home, in all fairness. Um, so I guess that's one of the reasons why these players are playing out their skin. Win the league or qualify for Europe, try to showcase their talent on the European stage and get a move. That's how it works. It's that simple. Anyway, shall we talk about what happened with the Orange Legacy podcast with Mani Dara, with Bedridi? Because it's a shame that Thassel can't make this episode because I'm sure he's got his own take on things and I'm sure next week he will have something to say about it because obviously as you guys know shit happens in Cyprus that it literally is an overnight thing but there are many things that were said on the podcast first of all what I will say is credit to the Orange Legacy for getting him on their pod now I don't know what the agreement was to get him on perhaps they weren't allowed to ask certain questions I watched it I watched about an hour and 20 minutes, so I missed the last five minutes. And you got to credit Pedridi to have, for having the balls to go on a podcast to, to speak so openly about things. But at the same time, I couldn't believe a lot of the stuff that I was hearing. Not that I'm calling him a liar. I'm just saying I just cannot believe the stuff that's coming out of his mouth. A club that's over 30 million in debt. Okay, we know about the debt. They haven't even raised 2 million euros for that scheme that they brought up a few weeks ago. You know, with the 20 euro tickets and the Upwell 500, they've just about raised 200 grand. That's got to be concerning. Apparently there's an American investor that, oh, sorry, a Cypriot American investor that's willing to pay 50% of a new stadium. Great. 
That's, that's great news. But then you look at the bigger picture. The club needs 600 grand to pay um, wages for terminated players. The club apparently needs 800 grand a month to survive. 800 grand a month to survive. And the fact that they are where they are, congratulations, because they're still in a, in a relatively healthy position in the league. He said that he met with a Ukrainian investor and he didn't like the plan or the proposition that was sent his way because he doesn't want to do business with people that launder money. He wants the next person to come in to have a, a clean slate, clean background. Apparently, there was an offer made for the club a while back. And one of the strategies of the takeover was to ask fans for money. And he was basically saying, well, we're struggling to raise a million quid with over a thousand ideas. Now, again, to his credit, he went on this pod and he explained himself the best way he could. It did seem very awkward, though. I'm not going to lie. It seemed like a very awkward pod because the original host, the guy on the left-hand side, I don't know his name. He was wearing the yellow shirt. He seemed to be more diplomatic and very professional with his questions. Whereas the guy in the middle, again, I don't know the guy. I'm not going to disrespect people. But it seemed that there was a bit of friction between him and Bedridin. I don't know the story. I don't know if anything happened. But it seemed that every time the guy that was co-hosting was saying something, Bedridin was cutting him off. And it did seem like a very, very awkward conversation. That's not to say it wasn't a good podcast. I think it was a very good podcast, to be honest. And for someone that doesn't watch a lot of Cypriot podcasts, it kept me entertained. Not just, just because I like hearing about the plight of the club. Don't get me wrong. Sorry, that's all. But it was interesting to hear what was, what was uh, being said. And I think this is the other thing that makes Cypriot football stand out more than a lot of the big leagues. If you had a club CEO of, say, Man United or Liverpool going on a podcast, which rarely happens, by the way, I... I I don't know if that's ever happened. Has John Henry been on a podcast that's all about Liverpool or a fan podcast? I don't think so. But if they were to do it, they'd only answer certain certain questions and they tiptoe around certain things and the hosts would brown nose them. They would because they don't want to be on their bad side. But these guys, to their credit, they ask questions. And to Pedri's credit, he answered them best way he could. That's that's the transparency you'll see. Well, you could say Yale's bullshit all the shit that he was saying. They gave him the platform, he accepted it, and he said what he had to say. Fair fucks to him. So if you haven't watched it yet, watch it. Watch it and see what you make of it. Let me know in the comments what you think of what's going on at that club. You know, as an Ammonia fan, it's great to see them suffer. But if you're looking at it from a neutral perspective, it is very, very entertaining. It's an interesting uh, scenario. And it's one where you're thinking, are they going to get out of it? How are they going to get out of it? How are they going to pull it off? Because none of the plans have been working, clearly. Not as well as they want them to. So, anyway, it is what it is. Now, I've gone on for 43 minutes. I can't really think of anything else to discuss when it comes to the Baratheon, in all fairness. As I mentioned, Adi have got a European game tonight. Um, good luck to them. Good luck to them. I really hope that they can get a victory and get into the uh, Conference League. It would be great to see... Um, Great to see a, a, a Cypriot team continue in Europe. What else is there? Carcedo, the um, Buffalo coach, got coach of the month. Whatever that means. And that, that is pretty much it. There's, there's literally no news in Cyprus. I, I, I'm, I'm actually quite surprised. 
because every week we do like a two, three hour show and there's news and news and news and news. But this week there's nothing. There's, there's absolutely nothing. I mean, Thasso does his Vrionidis watch on, um, on what's it called, on Twitter. Let me let me bring him up actually because Thasso is really good with the uh, the Vrionidis watch. Let's have a look, see what, what Vrionidis, the guy, has um, come up with. Right, so let me find it. Sorry. One moment, guys. One moment. Right. This is from Thasso's Twitter. Chico Bantha only has to pay a fine for punching the uncle. <laughs> okay. Tomovic got a fine for headbutting Chico Bantha. Omore Aradipu, other staff. Magriz has been fined for sending off a protesting intensely. And I would, well, I need to talk about Omore Aradipu. No disrespect. Hendy gets fined for a tackle against Aria. Yeah, that was a dirty one. Got a fine for that. Anorthosi have been fined for fans delaying the start of games for five minutes, invading their pitch, <laughs> lighting four fires at the end of the game. Okay. And Ike got fined for bringing smoke bombs into the stadium. I don't, I don't know why I sound like surprised. I just don't sound surprised because these things happen in Cyprus. That's a and after all that, they had the audacity to joke about. Yeah, explain that one, Donny Moore. Explain that one for me, please. He also said about points deduction if you don't pay one million and two. What is that? I missed that bit. Maybe I was taking a piss at the time. They're going to get a points deduction if they don't pay a million by the end of the month. I highly doubt they'll get a points deduction. Highly doubt. Highly doubt. Because if you think about it, and again, this isn't me with my ammonia cap on, the amount of unhappiness they've had with refereeing decisions and VAR this season, I'm pretty sure Pedrid and Guma have been talking. So don't be surprised if they just, if they get let off. And even if it's a points deduction, there'll probably be two or three, if that. I don't think it's going to be anything serious. But listen, I don't care. It's not my team. And if something happens to them, then it's just more content for us and something to talk about. And for more Abuel fans to get involved. Because... I like to hear from Abuel fans, not just Thasso. Let me know. What's going on with your club? Are you Pedridi in, Pedridi out? What's going to happen? Are you going to raise that two million? Are you going to raise a million? Are you going to get rid of this debt? How the fuck are you guys going to do it? I need to know. Because Pedridi said only three or four teams in Cyprus are actually financially stable. And the rest are fucked. But not fucked to the point where it's over 30 M's, man. I don't know. So, yeah. Any other comments, boys and girls? Anything else you'd like me to talk about? Anything else before I wrap it up? They said about Omonia's bricks in 2013. Ah, we done the Duvluthka. We made the dual tickets. Ah, okay, okay. All right, well. Listen, they, they, make a, they make a joke about things that happened in the past, but karma, this is what happens. It is what it is. It is what it is. And Omonia went through something very, very difficult in 2013. But at the same time, it wasn't at this level, was it? It wasn't at their level. If you think about it from a financial element, it wasn't as bad as that. So I'm just interested to see how they're going to get around it. Because let's face it, the Baratrima doesn't generate the revenue that other leagues do. So how the fuck are they going to... I don't know. Listen, this is something for Thasso and all the upper world fans to, to explain to me because I don't know the situation fully. To be honest, I can't really speak too much about it. But I'm just going by what the guy said. It's a sticky one, man. Anyway, 
I think that's it for another episode of This Is My Power. So it's going to be a short one because I'm on my ones and there isn't really much to talk about this week. Don't forget to give us a follow on X at This Is Mapa. We're on Instagram at This Is Mapa. We're on Facebook. We're on the main difference is that I'm already doing some idea on the thing. Yes, very true. Very true. Forgot about that one. So yeah, don't forget to follow us on Facebook as well. We have a Facebook group page. We have a Discord. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe. Visit our sponsors, food from Cyprus.co. Uh, sorry, .com. I said .co.uk. .com. Use the discount code NCN12. You get 12% discount at checkout. And visit also Ask Our Print House, our friend Wolfo. Anyway, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in. I will be back very soon. I don't think I'm going to do next week's show, so it's going to be down to Thasso and Pedro. Kalindiki. Hi there, boys and girls. Have a good night or afternoon, or whatever it is. Ciao, ciao.